everyone, and welcome to episode 69 of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. Today we have two regular segments for you, and then a bonus segment. Uh, kicking things off, Neil and Mike talk about the new Disney Infinity that was announced this week. After that, myself, Neil, and Zach talk all about Q1 for the 3DS and Wii U. And after the outro, you can catch a segment about the upcoming shortened NHL season featuring myself and JP. Enjoy. Hey, and welcome to a segment here on Connectivity about Disney Infinity. Infinity! Infinity and beyond. Um, I'm your host, Neil Ronahan. I got to check out the game in California earlier this week in a whirlwind tour about, you know, going across the country and then back within the span of a day and a half. Yeah, that's the same thing that happened to me when they sent me out there for Epic Mickey 2. I was there for, I think, like, 47 hours or something. I mean, being there was fun. And then, like, the flight back, like, waiting at the airport, I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, that other voice you're hearing is Mike Sklens. And Indeed it is. And the kind of two resident Disney people on staff, I think. Especially yep. now that Pedro's gone. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike was always a, a contender for the crown, and I was kind of in the background. But I, <laughs> I like would Mike. say, I, now that Pedro's gone, Pedro was definitely a bigger Disney nerd yeah. than me. But I guess I'm now the chief Disney nerd for yeah. Nintendo World Report. Um, so how we're going to do this is Mike's going to pretty much just ask me questions about the game and then we'll riff on that. If you want any kind of longer details or more, more formal organized details, check out the big ass preview I posted now that we posted, uh, today, which is, uh, Wednesday night. Um, and then also I, I even had a little blog in which I compared Skylanders and Disney Infinity and made a conclusion about where I think I will be with Disney Infinity when it comes out, because I, I was in deep with Skylanders. I still am. Oh, you but, still are. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to know is, just in case anyone hasn't read our exhaustive text coverage, if just want to give a, give us a, give me and everyone else a brief overview of what the fuck is Disney Infinity. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's, it's Disney's attempt at Skylanders. However, judging from how long it's been in development, I don't really think they're necessarily, like, completely ripping off Skylanders, which is kind of reassuring that it wasn't just like, oh, we can do that. It seems like, I mean, they had toy box mode from Toy Story 3, which I never played, but I've I've read enough about it now. But it seems like they, they made that, and they were like, yeah, we should make another game like this. Well, the way the timeline went, and I didn't, I didn't even go into this in the preview, but they talked about it a little during the press conference, and I think if you followed me on Twitter, you might have seen a mention of it. Um... But so they did Toy Story 3, and the way that Avalanche works, there's, I forget the exact amount of people there, but I think it's 250, 300, and they basically had two teams. Uh, there was one team that was working on Toy Story 3, and then right after that, and like kind of like overlapping a little bit, Cars 2 was being made. And that Toy Story 3 team started working on a Buzz Lightyear-specific Toy Story game, kind of just like more like a direct sequel to that the, the Toy Story 3 game's mechanics. And then uh, John Pleasance, uh, who I think he's the co-president at Disney has Interactive. The best, has, by the way, has the best name for an executive that works at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> but when he came on board there, because I remember there was some, there was a shakeup at the top of Disney. I think it was about two years ago. And he was like, no, we need to make this bigger. We can't just have it be focused on, on Buzz Lightyear. Why don't we broaden the scope? And then that's where Disney Infinity came into play. And then after Cars 2 came out. Uh, then the entire studio has been working on Disney Infinity since. And I guess Cars 2 would have been 2010? 2011? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so the game's been in the works for a long time. And I, I just ha- I have a feeling that they were working on it and the Skylanders got unveiled and Skylanders did really well and they're like, okay, cool, we're on the right track. Yeah, and then they were like, okay, cool, we should probably add yeah. 
NFC figures to this game <laughs> is what I think probably happened. Yeah, I mean that that could have been it. It seems like that that action figure toy concept is is in deep with the idea of the game, which um, I guess uh, talking about what the game is, it's split into two modes. There's playsets and there's the toy box. The toy box is kind of like your freeform explorative area, much like the toy box in Toy Story 3. And in there, you can play with four players online, you can play with two people locally, and you can use any character and a variety of power-ups. They have circular discs that go underneath your character. I mean, the characters also have circular bases, so it fits up. You can stack them. So you have, like... Like pogs. Yeah, you can have, like, two... I think it's... I think it's either two or three of the circular discs, and then it's two or three of the hexagonal discs. But the circular discs go in there, and they're buffs for your character. So, like, I think Frank and Weenie, they said, was going to be a health boost. That's a clever um, idea with the buff discs. Yeah, and, and and then the hexagonal discs, which there's... So the way that the stand, or... I don't know what the official term is. I kept on wanting to call it a portal because of Skylanders, but I tried Base to not station. say that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just, like, the stand or something. Um, there's two circular things, so you can have two two characters on at one time. That's you can only have two players locally, and there's hex, there's one spot for the hexagonal discs, and I think you can stack you can stack those up as well. And what that does is that like brings in an item into the world. So for example, you know you could have Mickey's Jalopy, you could have the Electric Mayhem Tour Bus, which was my personal favorite. Nice. Like Cinderella's that's carriage. where they own the Muppets now. Yeah, um, the horse from Brave. Uh, who probably has a name, but I haven't seen that movie. Uh, I think Dumbo was one of them. Yeah, elephant. the Dumbo looks like a Dumbo like ride vehicle yeah. from Disneyland. <laughs> and then El- Elephant Abu or Apu. Nice. Um, that was another one that I'm, I'm an Aladdin fan, so that was cool. Uh, and then you can have those in. But the way that that works is it's not like you put the hexagonal disc on it and then it's always there. That item is only in the game as long as you have the disc there. Is, and is the same for the characters? If I put a character down and take it off, does the character disappear? Yes. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it works the same way as Skylanders in that regard. Um, but it's, it's kind of fun because when you're playing around in toy box mode, and it really is just kind of like, it's, it's like collaborating on like, it's like playing Minecraft, collaborating on something like, you know, like a little big planet level, because you can actually, uh, using all these, like these logic, I think that, I forget what the name of it is, it's something involving logic in which you can kind of like set like switches to do different things and you can also set up cameras. So you can make the camera, make it a side scrolling or top down or something. Right. I heard that someone had recreated like the Bowser cart, the Bowser castle level from Mario Kart. Someone, yeah, they recreated the Bowser's castle level from uh, the Nintendo 64 Mario Kart game. Oh, the Nintendo 64 one, that's impressive. I thought it was going to be like the flat one, you know, from like Mario Uh, Kart 1. Uh, what was, uh, and they also, they had, like, a Donkey Kong-style, like, thing that they showed off for a little bit. Something that looked like, kind of like RC Pro-Am. Um, really, really neat stuff that you can do with it. I, I will likely never do this, but it's cool that you can do that, and I hope there's some way you can share it. But you know what I'm waiting for, really, is someone out there is going to make, like, a scale model, accurate model of Disney World. Like, the whole resort, including all the dead space between all the parks and, like, all the forests and shit and the golf courses, and they're going to put all of it in. You know someone's going to do it. I, I don't know how much of a limit there is to, like, the scope of the world. Yeah, um, that'll be the biggest thing. And I you, I know I saw Spaceship Earth in there in one of the yeah. trailers, so... Yeah, they, someone, someone brought that in. That's my biggest, like, Disney area is parks, so... 
Yeah. If, if I can rebuild Disney World and, like, build miniature versions of all the attractions and shit and, like, have Captain Jack Sparrow ride Pirates of the Caribbean, that would be really <laughs> fun. Um, and you can also, uh, like, with the hexagonal discs, there's also stuff for, like, changing the background in the sky. So they actually showed, like, a there was, like, a Sugar Rush theme from Wreck-It Ralph. Um, and I know that there's a Tron one, but they have nice. not shown that off. They, they did not have it there, although... Um, being a Tron fan to some degree, I, they did have the recognizer that you could just plop into it and then go, go right around in that. Um, so that's Toy Box, and that's and there is some kind of like I guess like linear component to it as well. I feel like most people who are buying this game are buying it for Toy Box. Yeah, each character uh, when they go into Toy Box, they'll have different adventures that are kind of themed around them, but are a little more open, and then you can do those with other friends as well. Right, but then there's also a linear, like, I guess, single-layer yeah. mode, you call it? Yeah, so there's play sets. That's, that's the other component of it. And at launch, there will be several play sets. They didn't give us an exact number, but the starter pack, which will retail for $74.99 on Wii U and Wii, and the 3DS version, um, to be blunt, it looks like it's going to be a bag of dicks. Yeah, so it's not going to work with the portal or whatever they're going to Well, it will. It, it, it seems like it's going to work similar to how Skylanders works with it, where it's like, you hook up the, you know, the 3DS to the portal. Uh, the, for Skylanders, are used infrared because there's a little receiver on the 3DS. Uh. And, and you basically just like put two characters onto the portal and then save them to the game. So it just unlocks them? Well, no, it doesn't unlock them. And then what you would do if you wanted to switch characters, you would need to hook back up to the portal. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but that's developed by Altron, which is some Japanese company that I looked them up, and they've basically just done a lot of shitty Disney portable ports. And it's so. never like it's not going to have like a full toy box mode or anything, probably. Uh, it doesn't look like it. They said it was yeah. a portable party experience, which I just heard that was like, all right, I'm going to stop paying attention now. It's mini games. But going back to uh, to playsets, so the launch the launch pack will come with three characters: uh, Jack Sparrow, Mister Incredible. And Sully. Sully from, well, not Sully from Monsters, Inc., Sully from Monsters University. And it'll also come in the hexagonal, that, the hexagonal thing, there's also these things that will unlock playsets. And the way that this works is it's kind of, instead of just being a flat disc, it's like kind of like there's like a, like a, a, a cube on top of it that, you know, has the, it has like the Incredibles logo, the Pirates of the Caribbean, and Monsters University logo on it. And you put that on, and then you'll enter the playset mode. And you can only use the characters from that specific franchise in those modes. So for the Incredibles, they have the whole roster of the Incredibles and Syndrome that you can use in that mode. And then that one seems like so. It's do you need be... individual figures for each of those? Yes. Oh God. Uh, and and they level. They, yeah, they they level up and stuff. It's it's very Skylandersian. Um, and the levels save back to the figurines. Yes. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that, I mean, I've never really gotten into Skylanders at all. So yeah, there's that's a lot what, of yeah, hearing hearing you ask some questions on uh, on Twitter about it, I'm just like, dude, like that's how it works. It works like <laughs> Skylanders. Yeah, <laughs> that um, doesn't help me. But so uh, the Incredibles one seems like it's going to be something more of like an action beat 'em up, as right. you know, you you are superheroes fighting enemies in in the streets, and you have different people that give quests. Like Edna Mode's going to be in it, and a few other characters that it's been a while since I've seen the Incredibles, so I did not recognize them. For his um, own. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, I think he's there, the Samuel L. Jackson character. And I think Mirage was another one. I don't know who that is. Um, but yeah, so that's the Incredibles one. The Pirates do, wait, of the do, they have, do they have Gazer Beam? Maybe. 
<laughs> I just like him because he had the best name, Gazer Bean, <laughs> Cyclops. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's the Pirates of the Caribbean one, where I think what they have confirmed there is Jack Sparrow, Barbosa, and Davy Jones. I saw. Yeah, Davy Jones. There might there might be a few other ones, but once again with pirates, like I remember those three characters in Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley, and that's about it that I remember from the pirate series. So. Yeah. Uh, that one. That that was the one that I didn't really get a chance to check out. They only had they had a four player toy box thing set up that for the most part devs played and kind of showed you around and then would let you play a little bit of. And then they had one station for each of the three play sets. So the pirates one, whenever I went over there, I watched a little bit of it. Now did you get to play it on Wii or Wii U? Nope, they only had 360 playable. Lame. Yeah. I was because I was curious as to how it used the gamepad. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll get to that a little later. Well, good. I'm glad you know something about that then. Yeah. Um. So, Pirates of the Caribbean. It looks like it's going to be a little more emphasized. Uh, sword play and kind of like sneaking around and breaking people out of jail and puzzle solving. There's even naval battles. Like, it, it honestly looks like it's going to be pretty rad. It's just that I've kind of been apathetic for the pirate series at this point. Yeah. Fourth movie kind of tanked it a bit. Well, th- this one only follows the 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 first trilogy. Well, good. Yeah. Um, and then there's Monsters University, which I think is probably the most interesting one. It's a prank war, yeah? Yeah, because that's what it is. It's basically like Animal House, but with monsters, which I guess right. is just what the movie is in general. I'm excited for it. Um, and this, uh, the, they were kind of mum on de- exact details. We know that Sully and Mike are going to be in it, and uh, one of the rumors before... It was officially announced was that Randall was going to be at the Steve Buscemi character. Oh, I, see, I think he's confirmed for the film. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I know he's in the film, but they they were not talking about him being a character in the game, but I'm pretty sure he I is. can't imagine he wouldn't be. He's, like, yeah. the main villain. Yeah. Um, and that one, basically, you know, you're kind of going around this campus. It's almost, like, to a degree, like, like bully, but with monsters. <laughs> um because you're walking around, you know, solving quests and stuff, and, like, it involves, like, there was one where, like, I had to, like, sneak to the roof of a building and, like... It's almost like Prince of Persia-esque as you're going up, and you have to use the scarabilities to unlock platforms and stuff. Um, and there was another one where I, I unlocked a bike, and you can set up these pranks as well. Like, have a telephone booth that when people walk by it, like, they'll get, like, hit by a, like, they'll get, like, hit by a punching glove and then fly through the air. <laughs> so I was watching as one of the devs was setting up this, like, Rube Goldberg contraption of, like, basically just, like, People would want, like, because they have a bunch of, like, monsters milling about the area, and they would walk into one thing, like, get punted in the air, then get slapped, and then, like, hit a wall. And it was really, really funny. That's pretty cool. I'm ex- I'm definitely excited. I'm not so much excited about the single-player mode. I feel like many Disney games, it'll probably be too easy. Yeah. Because they have to design them for kids. But the, t- the toy box mode, I'm actually very interested in, especially since it has this online, like, Minecraft component yeah. to it. Which, I've never gotten into Minecraft, but it seems like in this environment, it's something I, I could actually really enjoy. Which is kind of funny, because my kind of takeaway from it is that, while well, Toy Box is really cool, I just don't know if I'll really play it that much. Like, it'll be the kind of thing I'm like, oh, this is cool, but I'm not a big online gamer. I guess maybe if you got it, you might, you might, you might wrangle it in, or it might wrangle me in, because I'm definitely interested in the game, but what kind of interests me more is the scalability of having all these kind of unique adventures around Disney properties. Yeah. Um. Because it seems like they're they're pretty hardcore about doing these things every so often and like having them for new movies. I know. Yeah, I, I really, I'm really most excited of them dipping into the archive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like 
they're going to have a few other playsets available at launch. I would assume there's a Toy Story one. There might even be a Nightmare Nightmare yeah, Before yeah, Christmas Yeah, they, they've shown Jack Skellington in yeah. promotional art, so there'll be Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. Um, I want to see something really nerdy like Carousel of Progress. Yeah, or I something. would die. I would, I would, I would at least like that to show up in the, uh, the, the, like the discs. Which the, the way that the discs work is that you will get them. I think a few might come with a starter pack. They didn't say exactly what. It might just be a pack of them because they have these packs for five dollars that are, you know, and it's you, like collectible blind cards, boxed, right? Yeah. Like you don't know what you're getting for just for the bonus for the bonus discs, not the figures. You always know what you're getting. Yep. Yeah, and some of the other characters that have been rumored that with with the uh, with the rumors pretty much being right on the money as far as what this game is, um, that the other characters that were kind of mentioned in this were Woody from Toy Story, which duh, uh, Jack Skellington, Agent P, and Phineas and Ferb and stuff. So there will probably be a playset for that, I imagine, at launch. Uh, Rapunzel from Tangled, Anna and Ice Queen from. The, I think it's coming out later this year, Frozen, which is yeah. a new yeah, They'll do it movie. for every new game, new movie, yeah. especially for the next year or two. Um, some Cars characters, Sorcerer Mickey. Um, and there's also rumors of a Lone Ranger playset, which makes perfect sense, considering uh, that will be coming out around the same time. And they already, you know, Johnny Depp is... They're clearly not going just animation, because they're throwing in Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. The thing I would most like to see that we probably won't get is, uh, since they're both extinct characters, but Figment and Dreamfinder from Epcot oh, would be God. the coolest damn Double set. If they only, it would be one of those things that probably only sell in the parks or something and make yeah. it hard to get. I'll buy like 20 of them. Well, that, I mean, that's really the way to go with it is, is make it so it's sold in the parks because then you kind of, I mean, it's like, it'll be like that vinyl figure market. It really will be. I'm addicted to those. I have like 30 or 40 <laughs> of those figures in my office. So, and if, and you know, they sell them for $13 a piece and I, it wouldn't be that, you know, they probably throw an extra two bucks on for a, a, a blind box set of, of ones that are compatible with Infinity, and they would just basically work with the with the portal thingy. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that at all, especially since we know they're selling blind boxed things for this game. It makes perfect, and the figurines yeah. are about the same size. And the figurines are the exact same price, actually. They're thirteen dollars standalone, and then uh, it's thirty dollars for a three pack. And the play sets, which I think will be like. It'll probably be like you know the playset and a character for. I think they bucks. said in the press release it's two characters and then the playset, like the playset unlock thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited for the potential of it, and I touched on this in my preview, of you know Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, and this isn't going to happen overnight. But let's put it this way: we're about two years from an Avenger, from the the sequel to Avengers and another Star Wars movie. I'm. I'm giddy with the idea that, like, they're going to have a pretty solid Avengers, or they, or at least they could. It's, I mean, it's not confirmed, but it, it makes too much sense. But they, they could have this very solid, you know, Avengers game coming out alongside the movie and something alongside Star Wars. And I think that the way this kind of streamlines and standardizes licensed games for Disney is, is I think that's the coolest part about it, because it makes it so that there's almost like this barrier of quality that you know that the mechanics are going to be sound because yes. I mean I mean Avalanche they've been making licensed Disney games for a while and all of the ones that they've made in recent memory have been pretty damn good I mean right. so they're stable studio now yeah now. I'm not I'm not going to go and play Toy Story three or Cars two because uh, I mean I like Toy Story I don't really want to play a game for it and I don't really like the Cars series but if they have a Disney Infinity set where they have Tron like I'm going to buy that yeah. So the other thing I want to know before we wrap up is I want to know if you know if they've announced anything on how this game is going to use GamePad for Wii U. We know it won't 
the figures won't work with it because they have to yeah. stay on the thing and there'd be no way for it to stay on the thing if you're using the thing in the controller. So. But what have they yeah. said? Um, it's, it's a little, like, I think what they, they basically said that it was like the second level of development is when they started Wii U, uh, developing the Wii U version. And the way that the studio is even set up is that they kind of have like a tech team. And once they started the Wii U version, they had like a tech team that was working specifically on making sure everything worked fine on the Wii U. So there will still be like a year and a half of development. At least just on the, like with the Wii U version being a part of everything. Right, after they built the core engine. Yeah, and then they have individual teams working on each playset, which is also really cool. Um, and then for the Wii U, they don't really have any confirmation on any Wii U exclusive features. They would like to get them all in, but because of the crunch with the game coming out in June and everything, it might not be there. I know talking to them, they, they want to get off TV play in there. They want to have some cool gamepad touchscreen features but they don't know if they're going to be able to do that. And I think creating stuff using the gamepads is fucking no-brainer. I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll get down the basics of, like, if they're going yeah. to have a level editor, it'll use the gamepad to some degree, yeah. even if it's just for item selection or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope... I mean, but that would be yeah. really useful. Like, for placing things, like, that would... Yeah, like, I mean, well, here's, you know, a catalog of, like, 5,000 different things you can put into the game. Like, yeah. okay, click on this button, here's all the walls, here's all the roads, you know, here's all the foliage, etc. It'd just be, it'd be really easy to do a nice, like, it's something that, it's very simple, but a nice hierarchical menu system for the level editor yeah, would be definitely. a huge bonus because of the kind of game this is. Yep. So do you have any other questions? I think that's really it. I was hoping we'd know more about the gamepad, but I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, I, I am completely cold on Skylanders. It's a, it's a game for kids as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to buy hundreds this of little a, toy dragons. I think, I think this is more of a game for kids than Skylanders. Ironically, it probably is, but it feels like they're, the thing that interests me the most about this is the toy box one. Skylanders doesn't have that. Yeah. But the one big difference between the two of them is that Skylanders is more of like a video game video game, whereas, Disney Infinity is more like that that Minecraft video it's game. It's a digital playset. Yeah, yeah, more exploration. And that's the one thing that I think is really appealing to Disney Infinity is kind of separating itself from Skylanders and kind of reaching out to, like, I, I mean, from what I hear with Skylanders with kids is that there is that kind of, like, creating their own world, but there's no way to do that in the game. You have to play through the story. Um, there's no way to kind of manufacture your own your own story, and, that's and plus, what, it's all that's what one, Infinity is all about. Yeah, it's all one IP on Skylanders here. Yeah. Like, like you know, who would you know? Let's have a. It's like Smash Brothers in a way. Like, who would win in a fight yep. in Mario versus Samus? Yeah, like, it's and the same you, oh man, griefing in toy box mode is a glorious thing because <laughs> watching because they had you know um, they were all hooked up probably via LAN or something, uh, but they had you know four four devs playing the game, and there was just like so much like. Someone was on a block and someone would remove it and that person would fall or like they'd all get weapons and just start shooting each other. Like it just seems like a lot of fun. Cool. Well, I'm excited to play it. Yeah, I am too. It's coming out. Uh, it was it's still not really officially confirmed, but apparently there was a countdown on the Disney Infinity website that says that it's going to come out on June 18th. Oh wow, I was expecting October or something. Oh no, 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 it was confirmed for June. It's basically right. It can't come out earlier than Monsters University. So what they were, what they were telling, like the the dev team was telling us at the event was that wherever Monsters Univers, whenever Monsters University is coming out in your region, it's probably coming out shortly after that. And I think it's June 13th or something here. So awesome, the week after that. So yeah, it'll be it'll be that nice post E3 game. Yeah, it'll be a good summer game. Yep. Uh, and I think it's smarter releasing that instead of having it go up against Skyline. Well, yeah, plus then they can put more packages out, like, right yeah. before Christmas. 
I mean, the idea is not necessarily to just have, you know, sell Disney Infinity 2 next year or Disney Infinity Giants. It's keep on selling these playsets, and I think that's probably the coolest thing about it. I mean, I imagine, like, for, you know, whatever the hell the PS4 and Xbox 720 or whatever they're going to be, they'll probably release Disney Infinity discs, maybe maybe with an updated starter pack or something. Um, and, but I, I don't think we're going to see, like, a whole new game because the game isn't necessarily on the disc. It's in everything that you buy to play with it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for answering my questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check out the coverage on the website. And if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter or comment on you know, listener mail. Send us listener website. mail. Yeah. Uh, connectivity at nintendoworldport.com. And if you want to, if, if you tweet me a question, maybe we will discuss it on a later issue as well. I'm at Enron10. I, I don't know much about the game, but you can tweet me at Strikerobi. Yeah, I mean, you can just do it for the hell of it. Be like, what's your favorite Disney thing? And that would cause And I will tell you, it's Horizons, which is dead. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's it. See ya. Bye. Here to talk about the recent Q1 news for Nintendo. Uh, they they do have a new system out. It's called the Wii U, and at some point in the near future, there will be a few games released on it again. Uh, it seems like they're going for a quarterly dump of re- releases for the system, but uh, we'll, we'll get more into that in a little bit. First, I'll introduce our wild and crazy cast of characters. I'm your host Neil Ronahan, and with me. Pretty much as always, at least for the most part, Scott Thompson. <laughs> Hello. And we've got just in from Hawaii, uh, Zach Miller. Racism. Yes. Uh, so Zach, while you were there, did you did you meet any fake girlfriends? Uh, I knew it was coming. I just, <laughs> who was gonna say? Oh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, no. Okay. Actually, actually, the island was shockingly babe-free. I uh, think it was it was winter there. Which just means it gets to 75 instead of like 85 and it rains a lot. So every beach we went to was like kids and their families. And yeah, going during the off season. Yeah, I was like, yeah. All right, so before we dive into the Q1 nonsense, I need to talk to you guys about a game I've been playing. It's on the 3DS eShop for $29.99, and it is called Riding Stables 3D. Oh, nice. What this game is, and and as far as I can tell, not many people are playing it because there's only been eight reviews on the eShop. Um, it's, it's, it's a shockingly good Nintendogs clone with horses. And I, like, it's, I, 
I actually like it better than Nintendogs, and I just have to share the ridiculousness of this game because I picked up the review for when I was going to L.A. last week because I was like, oh, it'll be fun to play something on the plane. And it's, one, it's fucking a $30 eShop-only game about horses, and two, it's actually kind of good, and I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> um, this, have, Neil, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> if the term for someone who likes My Little Pony as a man is brony, I'm going to assume when it's horses, it's just uh, a horny. So you, you, are, you are a horny. And I mean, this is very not, well, upsetting. like, there's even a plot in which, like, I guess, like, some be. old... <laughs> Don't, so, don't tell me, like, an oil tycoon wants to buy, like, the plot of land sort of, to turn it into a mall. Um, <laughs> what it is is that, like, you're apparently the child of some person who used to work at this horse farm or something. And then uh, there is this, like, old horse farm owner nearby. Because I guess there's just, like, this cavalcade of horse farms in this area. Like, is he is Robert Redford involved in any of these horse farms? I think so. He might be the villain. I don't now, know. Did your parents die and are there spirits in the horses that you're no, training? No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. But that would be that would be good for a sequel, like Riding Stables Two, Ride Harder. I don't know. Um, so that so then what happens is so like this this old dude dies and then he leaves his horse farm up for a competition and between your horse, which is like you know going out of business, going for broke and stuff, and like they're trying to scrap by with their with their reject horses that they they really love against like you know this oil tycoon oil tycoon guy. Um, who's apparently, like, related to the guy who died, but it was in the dude's will that there had to be this competition. So this is, ba- um, this is basically Seabiscuit. Yeah, sort of. But the best part about it with, like, the, the villain, I forget what his name is, it's like John Moss or something like that. Like, no one else has a last name except for <laughs> this guy. But they have, I mean, the, the, the game actually, like, makes use of, like, honestly every feature on the 3DS. There's a street pass mode that I'll probably never use in which, like, you... Your horses compete via street pass, so that's a, I mean that's a, a that's a decent implementation of it, despite the fact that if I ever get a street pass for that, I will probably shit myself and die. Just wait till packs. I have a feeling people will be yeah. playing this game ironically, and you. Will I, I hope. <laughs> that's part of the reason why I'm talking about it now. And, <laughs> to plant that seed. And also, you can like buy buy some items with play coins. But the best part about that is that you buy this from this like John Moss character, who's the villain of the fucking game. So I'm giving him money. So that way I can get, like, a horseshoe that I can play with my horse with, which seems fucked up in its own right. What are like, you buying? Go, go get your shoe. I'm going to throw it at you. Um, and then, like, there's a lot of, like, gyroscope stuff where it's, like, you have to feed the horse, so you need to, like, direct where you're throwing the food. Um, but, I mean, a lot of the mini- – like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of minigames. That's basically what the game is, is, like, leveling up your horse and leveling up other horses and completing quests – and That's kind of like that fight. stupid dinosaur game that I got suckered into trying. <laughs> but the mini games are aren't that bad because they're kind of like quick and not like they do get difficult, but they're still it's like I think the longest one's like thirty or forty seconds. So when did this quick. come? When did this come out? I think like last month. I don't even know. I just like Patrick sent out a whole email being like, "We have codes for fifteen games," and I'm yep. like, "I guess I'll take some." Um, do you need to revise your top five games of 2012 in it? I mean... This probably might, bumps back Kid Icarus, I would think. Yeah, I, well, I think it might, like, come in right after Xenoblade. Um, <laughs> and, and right sure. before Scribble Knots Unlimited, I think. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, speaking, right. of, speaking of top games of 2012, I like how, uh, uh, you know, I was in Hawaii checking my email, uh, got the list of top ten games or whatever it was, and I was like, oh, not a single one of mine got on that list. That's cool. <laughs> 
How did Nintendo no, Land get on that list? Because, like, everyone put it on their list except for you. Oh, my God. Right, it's it's a game it's a game everyone played, so it was like it took that filler spot, you know, it's like you just couldn't think of something check, like, oh Nintendo Land wasn't bad. <laughs> I actually I don't it. think Nintendo Land made my, my list of ten games that I that I sent into the site. Good. And Zach, just so you have just so you know, I did have Mighty Switch Force on my personal one. Well that's good. Um but I think you and I were like the only two people that had it listed. How did so how did Revelations not get on that list? Um Revelations was probably like eleven or twelve. Oh, you're all morons. It, it, it went down to the wire with that one, but it was just, I mean, well, I think it, it might have been 12 or 13 because we had the, we had the three-way tie. Oh, yeah. That we had to, we had to take to another vote for, for some inside poop. Know that, uh, Leighton and the Miracle Mask was our 11th game and it got knocked out by the last story in Little Inferno. Little Inferno? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of grassroots support for Little Inferno, man. I think that was like my number three game or something. I loved Little... Or no, it might have been number five. I don't know. I fucking love that game. But anyway, let's talk about the future now. I don't want to talk about the future. It's worse. Yeah, well, as I say, you're lucky, future. Zach. There's not much to talk about. Yeah, we won't be here for too long. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start off with the happy stuff. 3DS, truthfully, doesn't really look too bad. Um, we got... Coming out on February 4th, we got Fire Emblem Awakening, which Scott's reviewing and has in his possession right now, but he hasn't gotten very far. I think I've actually... <laughs> Played more of the game through the you, demo. You technically have, yeah. This is yeah. like I started week school this week, so this is like the worst possible week. But I finished all my homework today, so like tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and Monday's Martin Luther King Day, so I don't have school. It's like going to be Fire Emblem nonstop. So yeah, I'm, I'm I went from being like I don't know to being completely fucking on board. That demo was pretty sweet, and that yeah. game looks awesome. Yeah, no, I'm totally, totally excited. I mean, even the first ten minutes, I was just like, yes, this is Yeah, it looks beautiful, and I really like... I mean, it just seems very streamlined. Like, yeah. there's there's less of a barrier for entry than in past games. I downloaded uh, I downloaded that uh, Star Stacker instead. Oh, I got that, too. I haven't played it yet, because I wanted to play the, the Fire Emblem demo. It's before, fun. Before we record it. Yeah. I'm excited to play it. Um, uh, going down that Nintendo train, on February 10th, we have Brain Age Concentration Training. Okay. Which I'm, I'm, I'll get. Well, yeah. I hope it's, I hope it's not more than. It, I mean, if it's twenty dollars, I will totally get it. If it's more than that, then it'll be a question. I wouldn't even pay twenty dollars for it. Yeah, Do you guys still either. care about Brain Age games? I don't care. If it was free on the system, I might look at it once. I like, I like Brain Age games generally. If twenty twenty dollars is kind of like the limit. Yeah. No, like if it, I, it might be thirty. I'm not sure. Oh. I feel like I should look this up. We'll, we'll come back to that. I'll, I'll confirm it. Well, I mean, what, what do you like about the original Brain Age? I mean, there was the Sudoku puzzles, right? Yeah, dude, fucking Sudoku rules. There was a Dr. Mario relaxing mode, too, in the sequel. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I just enjoy it as kind of like, like, I've talked about this before, that I usually have a game on my 3DS that's, uh, for lack of a better term, my toilet game. Uh, it used to be Picross 3D, then it was Mario's Picross, then it was the Brain Age Sudoku thing, it was free on Club Nintendo. And then uh, Crosswords Plus has has been that that latest game, and that's where I play Brain Age likely <laughs> on the toilet. My my problem is I don't like Sudoku. Yeah, I like Sudoku. I I enjoy it from time to time. Although playing all that in that Brain Age Express game kind of killed my interest in Sudoku for a while. Yeah. I prefer to cross. Yeah, maybe maybe. Well, I don't. I don't think it's in concentration training. By the way, heard about that. I have now beaten every Procross puzzle. That's available in Pacross 3D. Uh, welcome to two years ago. 
You know what? <laughs> Welcome to your face two years ago. You, know you want to know something so ridiculous with that? Is that not only did I beat every Picross 3D puzzle, but Lauren did. And this, like, happened within, like, four months of the game coming out. Like, and then, like, you know, when the downloadable stuff That's what out, I'm talking we, about, the downloadable those stuff, too. too. But, like, the stuff that's on the cartridge initially, both Lauren and I beat that within two months of the game coming out. Like, I don't know what happened and why we just became fucking savants at that game. <laughs> and then she proceeded to play it for the next year and a half. And, and she would just play random puzzles and try to improve her time. Oh, cool. It was crazy. It's great, great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll continue with uh, the Nintendo releases for this you know, th this quarter. Uh, after that, the next 3DS release is Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity, both on March 24th. That so seems like a good move. What, what that says to <laughs> me is that there will be, I don't think it'll be a hardware redesign, but there will be some special 3DS XL coming out on March 24th. Because uh. the last time they did something where they're like, oh, guess what? Two Nintendo games are coming out on the same day. It was when the DSi was released. Oh. Uh. Because I think it was WarioWare DIY, and it might have been, like, America's Test Kitchen or something. But still, it was two games coming out on the same day. So we got a 3DS um, Pocket. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't th I don't think it'll be a complete hardware redesign. It would be too soon after that. But I think we'll get, like, new colors of the XL or something oh, like okay. that. Uh, but I'm I'm super stoked for Dark Moon. What do you guys think about that? I mean, we'll talk about Dark Moon in a second, but the Fire Emblem 3DS... I don't care um, at all. I don't. I mean, it's an old 3DS. Who the fuck cares? That's what I thought. Like, why? That's so weird. I, that... I would. I, I don't think we'll ever. I don't think we'll ever be able to find out how well it sold. But I'd be real curious because I don't think it's gonna sell well. Yeah, I don't get that. Unless they just had like hardware laying around, like a surplus, and thought, well, just slap a Fire Emblem thing on it and ship it off. You know, that's and make it a collector's item and maybe sell some that way. I mean, that's all I can think. I don't know why you would create a special piece of shit. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, bullshit, Brandage Concentration Training is $35. Oh, oh my god. Gosh. Yo, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that so hard. So what, uh, we should probably take bets on whether or not Neil will still purchase. I'll probably still buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take the yeah, he will. <laughs> like, You'll get oh, the review man, copy. No, no, uh, that's, that's going to Tyler. Oh. Tyler's all about them, Brain Age. Um, so does anyone give a crap about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity? Nope. Nope. Okay, moving on. Read, well, read Alex Kalafi's preview if you do give a crap about it. Um, I couldn't care less. He cares a little bit. Um, and he um, likes Pokemon a lot, so yeah. he only cares a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's still like Mystery Dungeon games, especially those Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. Like, they're real rough. That was one of my first reviews for the site, was that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game that James and I both reviewed, in which it was kind of like, I just remember being kind of positive on it when I first played it. And then there was a slow descent to just, like, this is an abomination and a crime against humanity. I hate this. I'm going to quit NWR. And fortunately, <laughs> I didn't. Um, and now we're here. So the last game, this isn't even a Q1 game, but Nintendo did acknowledge the existence of the LEGO City Undercover 3DS game, which is subtitled The Chase Begins, because it d details Chase... Uh, wait, what the hell is the name? Chase McCain, uh, the rookie cop who... Uh, as a rookie cop. It's on a 3DS. It's a prequel to the Wii U game coming out a month after the Wii U game. That's literally <laughs> all we know about it. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, that's a good move. Um, so looking at the other 3DS releases, we also got Etrian Odyssey 4 coming out on February 26th. Um, 
I, I think I'm actually going to play this game. I've always been curious about the Etrian Odyssey series, especially as it's kind of evolved into being a little more user-friendly. Um, like, there is there is a casual mode here, which is just basically, like, it'll, it'll, it'll bone you in the butt a little less harder. Okay. Um, because in the original, it's pretty much like, you know, you die, you start all the way at the beginning. Whereas this one, like, you can save. <laughs> and then you go back to a save point instead of starting all over. Right, because uh, it's a roguelike, so the idea yeah. is you get as far as you can, you die, and then you, you basically yeah. start over. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I don't, I'm, like, I'm not 100% committed to it, but I'm interested. And then there's Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. There's two colons in that for anyone keeping score at home. <laughs> Only one in Etrian Odyssey 4, and that, that <laughs> subtitle is Legends of the Titan. Yeah. Apparently, it's a really beloved game. I just don't have much interest for it. Every every Saturn game is beloved. Because yeah. everybody well, who owned a Saturn, it's kind of like the Dreamcast. <laughs> except it lasted even shorter. Now, Zach, are you curious at all about Castlevania Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate? Which I, is coming out on March 5th. I am. The, the E3 game did show promise. It was rough around the edges. And I don't like the idea of exploring the same castle with three different characters um, instead of having a real Metroidvania castle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it'll be good to have a 2.5D Castlevania game on the yeah. on a portable system. I um, went from a, a, the 3DS demo at E3. I was kind of super turned off because it seems really, really combat-heavy, and I don't really like that in my Metroidvania games, which is why I don't like the, the Spider-Man games that John Oh, Max man, loved. those are terrible. I just, I mean, like, I get the idea of it, and it was kind of nice, but it was just so combat-heavy, and that's what uh, that's what Mirror of Fate seems like it's going to be to me. But sure enough, when they announced the release date, I watched the trailer, and was just kind of like, I don't know, man, this might actually be fun, but I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just hankering for some 2D Castlevania. It's, I'll be interested to compare it to other, yeah, you know, the other games, and to the uh, the Lords of Shadow game that I have not yet beat. Yeah, I mean, this will be a game that I'll definitely wait for reviews before I make a purchase decision. But there, there's going to be a demo, I think. Hopefully like, it's uh, not the same E3 demo. It, it, hopefully. It's for their sake. Um, And that's pretty much it for retail 3DS games. Well, there's Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, which I guess we'll talk about that more um, when we get to the Wii U. I'm more like excited about that for the possibility of the CirclePad Pro XL. Yeah, um, and that's March 19th. Uh, that's when that's coming out. I, I, it's the kind of thing where like I'm gonna have to pick like, am I gonna play this on Wii U or am I gonna play it on 3DS? I like I think I'm gonna play this game. I really dug what I played of Monster Hunter 3 on on the Wii, but that was just one of those games that I got really into it for like two weeks, and then yeah, I had finals too. at college, and then that killed all of my momentum for the game because I tried to pick it back up, but just I mean it's a it's a really dense game, especially when you're first learning it. And I put a lot of time into it, and then, you know, was writing papers and taking exams and stuff, and then came out of that and was like, nope, I can't go back to this. Maybe there'll be transferring. Maybe. <laughs> well, I think there is, I think you can, yeah, yeah, I think you can transfer the save data between what? the two. I, I know you can play, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. That is shockingly forward thing. You can play online with yeah. the three, or like play together with the 3DS game and the Wii U game. Oh, Like in the Lord. same room and stuff. I mean, That's I, pretty I, cool. I'm still on the fence as to which version I'll get, but I'll probably pick that up. I won't get either one. But there, 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 there are too many games coming out in like a week period 
in March. Because um, uh, right after that, you have Luigi's Mansion Dark Move. You also have, you know, like Need for Speed. Uh, there's some... Oh, and uh, Lego City is the day before that game, too. And that's that's pretty much it for the 3DS retail-wise. Uh, there's some cool stuff coming download-wise on that. Like Ghost Recon Shadow Wars next week is going to be an eShop download, uh, which is a pretty well-received Fire Emblem-esque uh, 3DS launch game. But it's going to be full price. Uh, well, they, they, the price is TBD. So, I mean, I think if Ubisoft is smart, they make it like 20 bucks or even less. Because Bitrip Saga was 15 and, oh, okay. and that made a lot of sense. Um, Nano Assault EX will finally come out in Q1. Uh, Renegade Kids has ATV Wild Ride 3D, which is coming out in Q1. Uh, Tokyo Crash Mobs came out today. And then we got Ikachan and Guxed from Nicholas. That's coming out Q1. Resident Evil The Mercenaries 3D is going to be a download game, too. If that's, like, 15, 20 bucks, I might consider that, because uh, I, I really enjoyed that game, and I'd love to have that on the system. Yeah, I mean, I, I reviewed it very, very highly. People call me crazy, but, like, dude, Mercenaries is fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. All right, so now we're going to get to the Wii U. Yeah. Well, first, well, well, okay, we'll, we'll say the Wii. Uh, Pandora's Tower is coming out in <laughs> spring. Cool. That's crazy. All right, I did not <laughs> expect that, but moving on. Um, so the Wii, here... For, for Q1, here's the entire list of games that are slated to come out. We'll do it in order. The next relevant game is February. Okay, well, we'll even include the eShop for, for those who care. The Cave is coming out on January 22nd. Uh, is anybody interested in that? I'm, I don't think I'll get it. I'm not a big no, adventure game guy. I don't care. It seems cool, though. Uh, then on February 7th, Fist of the North Star, Ken's Rage 2 is coming out. Uh, it's a retail game that's coming out as a download. It came out in Japan as a retail game. It's by Tecmo. I think it's like Dynasty Warriors kind of game. Then, a few weeks later, Rayman Legends comes out on February 26th, which, you know, I'm, I'm super fucking excited for that game, I, I right? I yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm although, although really, isn't the single, really excited. Isn't the single player, like, not what you'd expect? Isn't it you're controlling the little lightning bug dude? I think it's like you go between both. Like, I don't know. They've still kind of been unclear about that. But... Yeah. Well, can't you play the demo single player? Yeah, and in the, in the demo single player, there's actually a point where you just control the touchscreen guy and then the co-op player is AI control. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't um, like that. I don't mind it. I want uh, more I mean, Rayman Origins type gameplay in my single player. I, I feel like there is a potential for this game to be a letdown. But I'm hoping that it won't. Because it seems, I mean, it's been, like, think of the hype that this game has gotten. There has been oh, yeah. nothing yeah. but glowing things that people have said about this game since E3. True. I don't think it can live up to that hype. I think it's unsustainable. So, so the next game to come out, uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Amazing Spider-Man Ultimate Edition, which is a port of last July's uh, Spider-Man game that came out alongside the movie, it's just listed as March here, but I think it's like March 3rd or something like that, at least according to some retailer listings. That seems like it'll probably be on the money. And then, on March 18th, LEGO City Undercover comes out, which is Nintendo's big Q1 release on the Wii U. Wish I cared about that game. I'm still kind of interested in it. I don't have the highest hopes, but I feel like there's potential. Like, the idea of this kind of, like, Grand Theft Auto-esque LEGO game is pretty cool. And from hearing Scott talk about LEGO Batman 2, if they can just do something like that, that could be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, if it just has the humor of Lego Batman yeah. 2, or of all the Lego games, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah. 
And then on March 19th, there are three games coming out. Uh, we got Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, which we talked about. The 3DS version is coming out on the same day. The box art for that game looks pretty awesome, if I do say so myself. And we got The Croods Prehistoric Party, uh, which is based off that movie that, I don't know, looks pretty dumb. But you know, I've realized that my taste for the jokes in those CGI animated movies has kind of lessened. Uh, like yeah, I, I, saw, to find I saw a trailer teams. for that at... Um... I don't even remember, but I was instantly turned off. Probably, probably Wreck It Ralph, right? Did you go see I, that? I, I did not so. see Wreck It Ralph. Oh, okay, that's when I saw it, and yeah, it just looks really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm very, very picky. I mean, it's just—I don't think it's so much that like I, you know, I've become like some mightily old asshole, but it's just that like my tastes have slightly changed, and that like I don't really like those kind of mainstream cartoons more. Like I'm digging like you know the new Turtle Show, Young Justice, yeah. and stuff like that, and that's kind of like. Like, I like the kids' humor in those shows, and I don't really care for it as much in the, you know, the big, the big animated movies. And that'll probably change if I have a child, because my brother keeps on telling me about how, oh, Despicable Me is the funniest shit ever, and I'm like, you are 30. <laughs> He's like, but I have a four-year-old kid, and I'm like, okay, point taken. Um, yeah, and then, uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted is coming out on March 19th, which, uh, is gonna have some cool gamepad specific modes, you know, off TV play. And also, it has stuff where, like, one person will be able to, like, use the touchscreen and have a view of the whole, the whole map of the race. And that's stuff where you're trying to avoid the cops. So, like, that person will be like, oh, watch out, there's a cop coming up on your left as the person plays it on the screen. That seems pretty interesting. Then somebody else can use the Wii wheel. To yeah. steer or whatever. I, I hope you can just use the fucking Pro Controller. If not. Uh, but I should be uh, checking this game out. Or at least someone from this site will. Uh, or, I think it's February 13th. There's an EA event uh, in uh, in New York City. We just got an Android for it. So that's the only Wii U game that EA has. Considering that's one of ten Wii U games coming out in this quarter. <laughs> I guess that's important. Uh, we also have some things that are just listed as Q1. Uh, some eShop games like Runner 2, Puddle. Puddle, which is already out in Europe, by the way. Tokitori 2 and Zen Pinball 2. Both of those two were supposed to come out in December. So that blows. But Tokitori 2 looks really awesome, and they keep on adding more stuff, which I think is part of the reason why it is not coming, it didn't come out in December. And then the last Q1 game is Aliens Colonial Marines, which right before we started recording, I went on a huge rant because I can't fathom why this game is coming out alongside the other releases. You know, it's coming out on 360, PS3, and PC on February 13th or something around there. Maybe February 12th. I forget exactly. Something like that. Um, and I don't know why it's not coming out on Wii U. Uh, we know that you know, Gearbox and likely the, the developer on the game, WH Studios, um, they've had dev kits since E3 2011. So that, you know, going on at probably two years. I don't know why this game isn't coming out alongside the other versions, and it's kind of like, stupid. You know, what's funnier to me is that um, the game itself has been in development more or less since 2006. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing that it hasn't come out yet. Yep. And, I don't know. There is a reasonable explanation for that. I think when it was announced, the game had not started development yet. Oh, it was okay. just that, like, Gearbox and Sega and I guess whoever owns the Aliens. Was it Universal? I think I don't it's know. Fox. 
Or, yeah, yeah, it is Fox. Um, but, like, they basically agreed on a partnership to make a game. Oh. And, you know, Gearbox was, I think, working on Borderlands or something at the time. So, like, they didn't really have the team ready for it. I don't think, I don't think it's been as delayed as it appears. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, I, I think it might have been slightly delayed, because I think it might have been supposed to come out in Q4 last year. Well, what really, what really worries me about it is that they are very reluctant, or maybe reluctant is the wrong word, they just have not shown off any single player. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just like the new God of War game that's coming out. They refuse to show off any single-player content. It's weird. Uh, did you play the beta at all? Or you don't have Plus, do you? I don't have Plus. I know. Well, I was going to check out the beta, and then, like, I downloaded the beta, and then I went to play the beta, and it's like, oh, you need to download an update. And I was like, fuck you, and then I turned off my PS3. Then I went and played a game that, you know, actually started when I wanted to play it. It's like... I'm not playing God of War for multiplayer. Any, any person who owns a PS3 and complains about that Wii U initial update, like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, the PS3 like, oh, updates like, okay, every time okay. you turn it on. You can still complain about it, but if you're like, Nintendo done fucked up. Like, look at Sony. They they fucked up for five years. Uh, like, there, there have been so many times where I've gone to play a PlayStation 3 game, and then it has to download an update and install it, and by that time, I'm like, all right, well, my time to play that game is already kind of gone because I had to wait a half an hour. I guess I'll play Wii U while this yeah. downloads. I I literally, like, turned on, like, when I had when I was in college and I just got the PS3, um, there have been times where I just would leave the PS3 on, switch the input, and, like, play 360 or Wii. There have been many, many times where I've done that, and that just, like, it's so depressing. My favorite PS3 update was when I hadn't played Little Big Planet, like, three months, pop that sucker in, it downloaded eight updates. Wow. It took like an hour. Oh, it, just, it bothers me so much, because I just like, I want to play games on my PS3, and it's like, with PlayStation Plus games, it's like, I just fucking downloaded you. Why are you installing an update? Like, I'm scared to play Bioshock 2, because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to wait four days before I can play it. And you can't do anything else while shit's updating. Yeah. Although, Zach, I am probably going to take another crack at Darksiders, because it's... Uh, Sweet! It just got added to the Instant Game Collection. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, stick with it. I mean, it's... it's The dungeons it'll be my, are incredibly it'll be fun. my third attempt at playing that game. Uh, that's first, funny. First time I got an hour into it, and then the second time I got, like, four hours into it. I just... I don't like keep, the combat. Well, the combat's not bad, I just don't like how it's so combat-heavy. But on, we're not talking about Q1 anymore. Uh, so. Is there anything to talk about with Q1 anymore? Yeah, I hey, mean, I, here's a Q1 thing for you. Notice that there are no virtual console games listed under either eShop. Yeah. Not one. Well, I don't know. That's not surprising, really, I don't think. Well, cons- considering that Kirby Star Stacker just came out today, I wouldn't look into that too much. Well, they just don't have a release calendar. They're just like, maybe we should release Star Stacker today. All right. I mean, I, I think... Just be, it's more worrisome because in the past they've usually included virtual console games in these, in these lists. I would not worry about the 3DS virtual console being completely dry. Like, I mean, if you notice over the past like couple months, it's actually gotten some good stuff. Unfortunately, most of them are NES games that I've played to death already. Um, I'm excited that Star Stacker came out. I wasn't super pumped for like Lost Levels and Mega Man, considering that I have played both games a lot. I'll be excited for Mega Man 2. Yeah, I'll, I'll get Mega Man 2, because that game's comfort food for me. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll two, play and, that. two and three. Yeah. Two and three are good. Yeah, yeah I think... Um, four four is good. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, all the other ones after that are fine, but two and three is like, yeah. I mean, I that, think, that's tops right there. I think two is just like they nailed the formula, and three is kind of like improving on that formula. But for me, it's it's like two is kind of the game that got me into it. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I played. Well, I played nine, and then I went back to two, and then I was like, oh, okay, this is the good shit. I mean, <laughs> nine's really good too, but nine is yeah. hard as fuck. Yeah, but I mean, I would I wouldn't worry so much about the virtual console stuff on 3ds. I would worry about it on Wii U, and I just, like, they have to say something about it. They keep on being like, no, seriously, guys, it's gonna come to Wii U, but with this big lull in releases, like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, we'll probably get a Nintendo Direct, and they'll just announce that it's coming, and then, like, within a week it'll be available with an update, and there'll be some, you know, a bunch of new games and stuff. That's why nothing's listed. I mean, I think they're just gonna wait, and they're gonna blow it out. Yeah. Um, I don't know how soon that will be. Hopefully soon. Hopefully they don't. Like they'll play. have a Wii U Summer of Arcade. Well, they did do they did do the Virtual Console Arcade, like, like the, the Virtual Console Summer, Eight yeah. Bit Summer. That's what it that's was. what I mean. Yeah. But there's the other the other big news that we haven't talked about is the delays. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Um, so three, four, four games that were listed as a launch window. The launch window ends March 31st, 2013, according to Nintendo. Um, Game and Wario: The Wonderful 101. Pikmin 3 and We Fit You will arrive in the first half of this year. Um, Which really means the second three months of this year. <laughs> However, I mean, well, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, if, like, if we heard that Lego City was coming out, like, let's say, mid-February, then there's a pretty good possibility that, like, one of these games would probably come out at the end of March. But, like, you got Lego City coming out on March 18th. Uh, you're not going to have, like, Game & Wario come out on March 25th, like... So it definitely is like these four games aren't going to get squished into April through June. That's no. like dumb. I said the, that's the exact same thing in the Nerds and Men column I wrote today. Yeah, I mean like that's that's the reality of it. Is that like I don't know why like what's taking Game and Wario so long? Like, what the fuck? I know. What is and that like game? Uh, okay? Like I can get like Wonderful One Hundred One like. Like that didn't really to me. To me, from what we've seen of that game, that was a game that I kept on thinking. I'm like, they're really gonna make Q1? I don't think that's happening. No, no. Um, Pikmin three. It seems like they're just keep on polishing and refining that. And, I mean, that's the kind of game that I'm complaining about it being delayed. But I know whenever it comes out, it, it'll probably be better for having been pushed back. One would hope. And then we fit you. I mean, that's another game that, like, we just haven't seen much of. So I'm not super surprised to see it pushed back either. But, like, wh- what kind of schedule are you going to make that all four of these games are going to come out in a three-month period? That's just not the way Nintendo does things, especially in April, May, and June. Exactly. And and we're, we're forgetting uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, no well, Animal Crossing, the, they mentioned that in the last Nintendo Direct and, and showed off parts of it, too. And they said first half of the year. And, and that's the... I, w- I would say that's a... Optimistically... That's a May release because you think they got they got Lego City 3DS is going to be their April release, and then Animal Crossing should hopefully hit in May. I mean that seems like a good spot for it. And I mean that I'll, probably I'm wrong, but they they seem to follow a, once they actually have a system operational, which seems to take them six to nine months. Um, they they usually have a good good click of like a game a month. Maybe taking off a summer month or something. Like, I think they did in July, uh, last year. Or June and July, actually. It's bullshit. 
Um, so, kids, if you want to buy a Wii U and you haven't yet, wait, wait nine months. Yeah. <laughs> wait for the ambassador program. That's go. not going to happen. I don't think. I don't think the price for Wii U is is the barrier. No, no, no. Because people want to buy shit. So, I think the barrier is the murky ecosystem of games. And, and the fact that the 316 PS3 offer comparable experiences for cheaper. Right. There's been nothing to show people to say this is why you need to yeah. have a Wii U. There's there's no there's no Wii Sports. Nintendo Land is close in some respects, but I don't think it's it's not a system seller in that regard. It's more of like a oh that's neat. Yeah, it's different. Like like I could not having to like let's pretend to have a Wii U. I could see going to a friend's house and be like, wow, Nintendo Land is awesome. This has been a lot of fun. We should get together and do this again sometime soon, and then that would be it. I could, I'd be fine yeah. waiting however long to do it again. But there was something about like playing Wii Sports for the first time that when you left, you were just like, "Man, I gotta get that." You know, like this you know is what? Cool. I even had that moment with Super Monkey Ball in the GameCube. <laughs> like <laughs> I recall GameCube too. It was well. Well, what happened was my friend. I don't even think he got it at launch. I think the day it came out, like his parents got it for him for Christmas and let him play it for like the like you know like the, like the day it came out. Mm-hmm. So I went over and played it, and I think we played, like, like we kind of, like, passed controller back and forth with Luigi's Mansion. And now Pikmin wasn't out yet. And then we played Monkey Ball, and we just did, like, single-player mode, and we fooled around with the multiplayer stuff. And, like, that blew my mind. Yeah. That was so cool. Both, I mean, both games. And yeah. I just, I just, re- like, I distinctly remember, like, because it was a friend that lived down the street when I was a kid, walking back from that being, like, dude. I can't wait to play more Monkey Ball. <laughs> that that was incredible. And with the Wii, I mean, not to mention as cool as like Wii Sports was, and, and as much as I, I wanted to play more of that, it also helped that it was like, oh, there's a totally new Zelda game that you can play. As yeah. Well. So it's like, wow, I can do. Yeah, I mean, the Mario things. game does that to a certain extent. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, you know, it's it's 2D Mario. It's great. You know, it's nothing. Could... It's nothing that reinvents the wheel. And actually, Lauren was playing a little bit of it, and like that game is beautiful. It made her, I really, really enjoy it, and it's a fantastic game. I wouldn't have given it a freaking 9.5 if I didn't think it was a fantastic game. But, I mean, it's kind of my issue with E3 last year, is that there was nothing that surprised me. Even Nintendo Land, it was just like, oh yeah, all those demos from last year, that makes sense. Yeah, there was just nothing, I mean, there's a lot, it was a good launch, there were a lot of good games, but there was, it just wasn't that one... That, you know, made you think you needed to get this system yeah. right away if you were on the fence. I mean, that's the thing with the 3DS, and maybe we'll see this with Wii U games in time, but just from, like, what we've seen and what we've heard about, there's nothing that's kind of like, it's not like, oh, the Wonderful 101 is going to blow my mind. Like, Wonderful 101 looks like it's going to be great, but it still doesn't look like something something wholly new. That's the thing on 3DS is that, like, that fall you had Mario 3D Land, which is incredible. And Kid Icarus, Kid Icarus was, like, who would have thought? And you're the you're the only one saying this about Kid Icarus. A lot of people thought, who would have thought this game would have been this bad? But you, <laughs> you, you're the one. Hey, asshole, go go <laughs> check around the internet. There were a lot of people that dug Kid Icarus. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I don't. I think you're stretching Kid Icarus's uh, reception a bit much if you're saying people looked at that and thought, I need to get a 3ds. It was it was it was good, but it, it, uh, yeah, I would definitely not say it's a system seller. But I mean, it was it was something like like. Name a game that is comparable to Kid Icarus in a in a big way. Like, okay, I guess it's vaguely like you know a Star Fox. Liberation or, uh, Maiden. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's vaguely like that in some parts. I, I will say it was great to see a 3DS game with so much production value. Yeah, 
You know, I'll say that regardless of gameplay. I mean, there was a lot of love put into that game, and you can tell. Yep. And the Wii U needs needs games, you know, like 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 Mario 3D Land, like Mario Kart, and like Kid Icarus, where it's you know that kind of that game that is just you know mind blowing, really really good, like Mario 3D Land. That you know that really really solid game in a series that you expect to see more of, like Mario Kart, which I guess you kind of get that with like New Super Mario Brothers U and stuff. And then that kind of like off kilter thing that you know hits real well with some people, and I guess misses with others. Yeah. But you're right, I mean, even the second, like, salvo of games isn't going to do this. I mean, I don't think Pikmin is a I'm looking forward seller. to it, but yeah, same I wouldn't buy the fucking system for Pikmin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we fit you, maybe, but I mean, I, I don't know. Is, no, Scott, I, I mean, no. Not, not for our crowd. But for no, well, crowd. obviously not for our crowd, but I don't know. I feel like that's kind of, we fit worked because everyone already had a Wii. You know, it was like, maybe the kids yeah. played oh, it, but yeah. mom and dad, there was already a Wii in the house. And it was like, well, look. Oprah's talking about this, and you can work out with your kid's video game system. Cool. But, you know, like, are you really going to invest over $400 to get Wii Fit U and a Wii U as just someone who's lurking, looking to work out? I mean, you could get, like, 10 years' worth of a gym membership Yeah. that amount. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't think that game's going to do anywhere near as well as the originals did, but we'll see. Sorry to be bleak, but... <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, it, it's the kind of thing where, like, I do not regret getting a Wii U, and I'm looking no. forward to some games coming out for it. It's just disheartening to kind of see this time where, like, Nintendo kind of had to be on their shit. Like, they only have, like, I mean, like, a year, a year window before Microsoft and Sony come out with their new consoles. And I'm not saying right. that, like, you know, they're screwed and they're doomed. Like, they'll survive. But it's just like fucking up, man. Right, that's not the time when you want to be showing off the next, like, Super Mario Galaxy game, or, you know, whatever it is, when you're just going to be totally overshadowed by whatever they're doing. Like, this yeah. E3 is going, they're going to be in the spotlight, whereas, like, the last two E3s has all been on Nintendo because of their console, you know, launch and, and stuff like that, so. And, unless maybe nin- Nintendo's thought process is like, <coughs> oh, we're going to try to take them down, which I think is dumb. No, totally not, and I, 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 don't, I don't think they think that. I, I think they think of themselves as being in a different, like, a different plane entirely. Yeah. I don't think they think of Sony and Microsoft as competitors anymore. Nope. Um, for better or worse. So. Yeah. But man, it would be incredible if they went and, like, pulled a GameCube 2002 to 2003 and were just like, bam, Zelda Mario Metroid, fuck you. Oh, man. That'll never Although happen they, again. They did kind of do that, didn't, what was that, that was 2009, where they showed off, well, they, they revealed... They did the Wii, yeah. Yeah, they revealed Other M... Uh, they had Skyward yeah, Sword. They showed that one Skyward like, Sword, that one artwork, yeah. And you know Mario Galaxy Two and New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yeah, and maybe even Donkey Kong. No, that was that was a year after. Oh really? Might have been. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was two. They didn't. They didn't announce it then. Okay. Nope. Because that was the same time when Kirby's Epic Yarn was announced. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, uh, I think that's all about Q1 as we're talking about you know fall 2010. I think that means we should stop. <laughs> So what games are you guys going to play in the next three months while we uh, don't um, have anything to play? Well, Fire, Fire Emblem, oh, and then I'll probably yeah. take that into Rayman Legends, and then I'll probably have a little bit of a break, and then I'll play Luigi's Mansion, and maybe Lego City or Monster Hunter and Bioshock Infinite. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Bioshock, it, shit, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. If, Ali- if Aliens ever comes out on Wii U, that'll be yeah. great. I mean, I think I'm going to hold that for the Wii U version whenever it is, if I get that game. Me too, just the multiplayer, I think it'll be and fun I'm to play. I'm real with a lot of... curious about that Devil May Cry game. No, uh, don't do it, don't do it. Dude, it's 
it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm hearing things about it, and I'm just like, that sounds like everything I want in a video game. He's emo, hell. Hasn't he always? He was been always a bit? emo. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I mean, now he looks like a punk off the street. He looked like a douche in the other one. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like a big change. Yeah. People, people are overvaluing the character design of Dante in the original Devil May Cry. Yeah. Now I am excited about, of course, Dead Space Three and Bioshock yeah. Infinite. Oh yeah, Dead Space Three. That's gonna be good. Did you guys uh, see the gigantic special edition for Dead Space Three? Uh no. It costs That's like a hundred and fifty dollars, and I am considering it. What do you get? <laughs> You get like a marker statue, you get a whole bunch of, a giant art book, uh, like maybe a soundtrack, a whole bunch of, uh, uh, like posters from the game. It's a ton of stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I guess whatever floats your boat cool. there. I don't know. I was kind of disappointed by the Dead Space 2 special edition, just because that, uh. What did that come with, the? Uh, it came with a plasma cutter flashlight. Extraction? That's basically yeah, oh, it came Well, that came with all the PS3 versions, though. Oh, okay. It wasn't oh, yeah, that's right. special edition A, but... All right, that's well, all. Let's, let's call it a podcast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, and that will do it for this week's episode of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, if you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be awesome as well. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're interested in hearing JP and I talk about the upcoming NHL season, uh, feel free to stick around. If not, we'll see you next week. I'm Scott Thompson, and today I'm joined by J.P. Corbin. Hello. Hello, and uh, we're going to be talking about the NHL. Um, so most of you by now have probably turned this off, but for the yes. few that uh, want to hear two guys talk about hockey, um, welcome. Um, you, you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the lockout and what a bummer that was, and this new uh, shortened season and, and what's that, what that's going to mean. And uh, talk about our favorite teams a little bit, and then just make some wild predictions league-wide. So, 
should be pretty good. And Wild isn't like a, a little illusion that I'm going to be talking about the Minnesota Wild because I don't really care about them. So don't read too much into that there, one there. You might want to. That's a hot EMT with a lot of buzz going into yeah, the season. I guess so. I don't know. We'll they're see. in your division though, right? They're in the Blackhawks division, aren't they? No, they're not. Oh, they're not. not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the divisions in the, in the Western Conference that see, well. It's so funny because I don't know the divisions that well in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can tell you all the Eastern Conferences, but I like... <laughs> You know, I think there's, I don't know, some odd decisions, I guess. Yeah, no, the uh, Minnesota, I, I always forget the name of the, the division, but they're in the same division as um, the Oilers and Vancouver. The um, Northwest or Pacific or whatever it is. One of those. I think Northwest. I think Pacific is, yes. is all like the California Pacific teams. Is, yeah, California, and I believe. Dallas. Dallas and Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So, all right, well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that uh, that lockout first. Um, so after the season ended pretty much immediately, I was hearing a lot of talk about like, you know, don't get your hopes up too high that things are going to start on time or things are going to run smoothly, um, with sort of the, the CBA, uh, up for negotiation. And I was kind of surprised that they waited all the way till what, August to even start meeting and trying to work out a deal or did it? Yeah, that, that's the, that's what really bothered me is because it seemed like once they really got serious about talking, they started to make progress, but they just wasted a whole lot of time before they got to that point. Because it yeah. really wasn't even until, like, even into, like, November or something before they really got serious about talking. Right. Yeah, it felt like that. There'd be meetings, and then both both sides, the players and the league, would make their proposals. And then neither would, like, like the other's proposal, wouldn't wouldn't negotiate at all. And then would just sort of leave and then come back in a couple weeks and do just do the same thing again. Um, it, it really felt like there was just no no progress whatsoever. I, I think even before we got to the point of the lockout, you had to be worried when the NHL Players Association made Donald Fear their 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 president. Uh, because if, if you didn't know, uh, Donald Fear was the man in charge of the baseball players union during the 1994 players strike. So he has a history of of you know, work stoppages, and of course the league back in 2005 had a, a lockout before this, so Gary Bettman and the owners are, are very experienced with this, so you kind of, right. you kind of, you had to be worried when this, when this kind of went down. Exactly, you had the leader of both sides w- seemed willing to go to a full cancellation of a season if necessary. Um, you know, or at least, at least losing games, in the very least, if not a whole season. Um, so yeah, same thing, as once they initially got to that lockout point, I was kind of just like, well, who even knows anymore? You know, like, it, it, who knows how long this is going to drag on? And like you said, JP, it wasn't until November that it even felt like they were making progress. They had that one week where they met, and it was really weird. They they set it up so Bettman and and Fair wouldn't be there. It was just like a group of players and a group of owners. That's when they had the most progress from the sounds of it. I mean, yeah. you don't know what happened in there, but it sounded like they made the most progress when Bettman and Fear weren't in the room. Right. And then supposedly, like, the, the owners were trying to pressure the players to, like, go ahead and sign a deal then without even getting, um, getting Fear back in it. And, you know, and just, like, trying to get it done that night. And then they waited. And then once Batman and, and, yeah, Donald Fair got back in, it was just like, well. He went that... back into your corner. You know? Exactly. It kind of went back, yeah. And what a bunch of bullshit that was. Do you, do you, were you following it that night when it was like, um, when, when Fair came out and he was like doing his, his press conference? The podium? Was, like, was that the podium he, night? The podium was the night before. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, they yes. had the okay. podium out. There was the I don't Twitter remember it entirely. Oh, there were several Twitter accounts. There was all, I, I, you know, I, most of the, 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 the 
the information I've gotten over the whole course of the lockout was over Twitter. <laughs> I mean, there was so much there. And, yeah. Uh, but it was that, um, yeah, it, it was really easy to follow along on Twitter. It was great because, yeah, obviously there wasn't much mainstream coverage. I mean, you, Sports Center wasn't breaking down the negotiations. Yeah, that day, and obviously. and it seemed like I mean, I I wasn't getting it for a lot of it, but it seemed like my impression was the NHL network was kind of ignoring it somewhat. I mean, it wasn't really talking about it. Well, no, they weren't even doing their normal like NHL Tonight or anything. It was just like let's show replays of Cup winning games. There really wasn't anywhere because you know ESPN, at least in the United States, doesn't. Right. Pay much attention to hockey. You'll put like five minutes, like if that, of Sports Center talking on. Hey, the lockout's still going on. You know, it, it's you know they the, even when the season's going, they don't spend much time on it. But especially during the lockout, you didn't hear much. So there really wasn't much place besides Twitter to get information. Absolutely, yeah. Just following a bunch of the Canadian reporters from like TSN and stuff. Um, but yeah, I got it. There were, I got a lot of the being a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I got a lot of the the people who cover the Flyers, and I I got information through them. Sure, the local like beat reporters. Yeah, same. Yeah, same here. Um, but that day after the the podium gate where the, they pulled the podium out, and everyone was waiting with bated breath to see. What was, was there ever happen. an announcement? I mean, I don't. Did they ever use the podium? No, I think they came out and basically said we're going to meet again tomorrow. Um, but then that was the day. That next day was when when um. Fair was out there, and he was talking about how they made a lot of progress, and he thinks they're close. And then he checked his voicemail, and it was like a voicemail from uh, from Bill Daly, I think, saying like, "Deals off, everything's off the table." You yeah, know, like, I mean, there was a lot, there were a lot of ups and downs over the course of it. There were there were you know multiple times over the course of the lockout where you think, "Well, this is this is going to happen within the next couple of days. There's going to be a deal, and then something would come up that set them back or." You know, the NHL would make an offer that sounded good, but then the players, you know, said, no, we're going to do this. And then, and you know, you, you had a lot of back and forth that it seemed like they were close and then they wouldn't be. And, I, you know, I kind of gave up at a certain point. I was just like, you know, I kind of resigned myself to thinking, well, there's probably not going to be a season. The the point at which I pretty much stopped caring and just said whatever was when they canceled the Winter Classic. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a huge decision. I mean, that was... And they made that really early. It was like you know late November they they made that call. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. They 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 uh, they didn't even really give it a chance. Yeah. Now, granted, I mean that's a lot of planning, um, it an is, organization yes. that takes place. I mean, but yeah, they I think they could have held out. I think that was they were trying to play that to pressure the players, and it, it yeah. just didn't work. Yeah. Um, it was. So. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't work the way they wanted it to. No. But yeah, at that point, I was just like, you know, just fuck it and just whatever. When it comes back, it comes back. I can't really be involved anymore. Red um, leaves and maple leaves. I don't care that much. Yeah. If anything, I was upset that now we have to spend a whole other year waiting to watch the the maple leaves and the red wings again. I was um, hoping it would just skip them and go to. Tennessee. It would be nice if they did that. <laughs> but yeah, I won't. It's going to be the same two I know. You being a Blackhawks fan, you can't be that much of a fan of the Red Wings, and I certainly am not. So uh, I think that's <laughs> yeah. one thing we can agree on, you know. Yeah, and the Maple Leafs, I mean, are just atrocious as a team. <laughs> so, that's yeah, that's not going to be the most fun game to watch, but oh well. I mean, it's the Winter Classic. I'll watch it. That's but. the thing. Detroit is perennially really good, and... Toronto is like terrible. I like you're not going to get a competitive game between those two teams. Right. It was a weird choice. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess at the time they announced it, they didn't know the renovations Minnesota was going to go through. But it seems like getting Minnesota in one of those games soon would be a good idea. Yeah, I mean, doing it in Minnesota would be a good idea. Oh like, yeah. They, they would come out for it. They're crazy about hockey in Minnesota. I mean, you do like Minnesota, Minnesota, Detroit would be a heck of a game, both in terms of you know 
interest in the terms of quality on the ice. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so then it was kind of quiet for a, a long while after the, the podium, you know, week. And then all of a sudden, and you know, and they actually met with mediators at some point in, I think, December. And the mediators were basically like, yeah, they, they're too far apart. We're, this is a, this is a waste of our time to keep talking to the them. The mediators came back, right, like, right in the week or so before the, the, they finally got a deal. I mean, it seemed to work better the second time around. They got closer and they, 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 I mean, you could tell for a few days leading up to the deal they were making progress and this might actually happen. Yeah, that Saturday, you kind of started hearing like, you know, that they were going to meet all day and that it was getting close. And then it started to come out more and more that a deal was going to get done. And then I went to bed while they were still meeting. I mean, I went to bed at like 1 a.m. Central and they're, they're apparently still in the room meeting. And then uh, I checked my phone at about like 6 a.m. and uh, a deal was done, <laughs> which was pretty amazing. And then I got really excited by the fact that the season was going to start in two that, weeks. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, I was kind of apathetic over most of the lockout, but I've been really excited since the deal got made. You know, right. And, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't wait, you know. And it sucks because I just feel like we're playing into their hand. Like, they knew hardcore hockey fans would come back, and I think that's why they weren't too worried about That was about the gamble. That was, that was why they were willing to go this long. Right. I, I'm interested to see what it does to casual fans. Um, oh, I, I, mean, I, I mean, like, I think the league was making real gains in casual fans. It was getting more mainstream popular, and, and I think they just wiped all that out. I think they have to start from scratch in that regard now. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, I just read a story the other day about how in Columbus right now they have the lowest season ticket holder number of, like, all time for that franchise. It's, they have, like, under 7,000 people with season part, tickets. Part of it is that team is just terrible. Yeah, pretty bad. I mean, and then you trade your one, like, superstar over the summer and, and get, I mean, pieces, but not nothing I mean, equivalent to what Nash can be, so. Yeah, I mean, it didn't make sense to keep him on that team, though. No. With so many young players and so terrible. You get prospects for him and you rebuild. Right. It's just going to be a little ways for them still, so. Yeah, but it's great for the Blackhawks because they're in, they're in our division, so that's automatic, you yes, know, because however many points. You needed someone to, to weaken the mighty Blue Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were going to give you too much trouble if they didn't, uh, get rid of Nash. Get rid of Nash, yeah. Yeah, they might score a few goals. Um, and yeah, so now the lockout's over. The season starts today, as you're listening to this. We're recording this on Friday, the I, day before, yes, but. night before. Uh, we have less than, less than 24 hours until they start playing. Yes. Uh, very exciting. Um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about our respective favorite teams, um, and just what we're expecting. Now, JP, we'll start with you and the Flyers. And interesting that it came out, like, a week ago that they might be interested in trading for Luongo. What did you think about that? I think that's a crazy thing to do. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess this, this was gonna be my main point to talk about the Flyers is that this season hinges on the performance of, of the goalie Ilya Brzgalov, who is, you know, I think we, we, cause we, like, the last hockey segment we did was for last year's Winter Classic and the 20, the 24-7 program, which, in which Ilya Brzgalov became infamous among hockey fans for so his, uh, for his statements. Uh, he's a very interesting character. Uh, but I think this has the potential to be a big year for him, or should I say a humongous big year for him. <laughs> uh, because he, you know, he's more used to the pressures of playing in Philadelphia, which is a very stressful situation. And, yeah, um, it's, it's a little different than, than Phoenix. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in that people actually pay attention to the team. Uh, but 
the, the main issue for him, I, like, there's that. He's more used to the pressures of Philadelphia. He was really coming along toward the end of last season before he had a, a foot injury that, that kind of held him back. Uh, you know, he, he had one hell of a march last season, and, I you know, he can kind of play off of that. And, and another thing to keep in mind is, uh, for those who don't know, uh, he signed before last season a somewhat ridiculous contract, a 10-year, you know, $100 million contract. But one of the stipulations of the new agreement between the players and the, and the, and the league is an, an amnesty clause so that you, between after this season, before next season, you can basically white clear a contract because the salary cap is going down after this season. And to be able to accommodate that, teams are allowed to just, you know, get rid of a contract to say, we're not doing this anymore. Two contracts, even. Two, yes. But, uh, yes, but uh, the, the thing is, you know, Brzezgalov being a huge contract for the Flyers, if he has another disappointing season, I mean, they could easily say, we're done, and and remove the many, the eight more years off the contract. So he has a lot to play for. So And, and, and his performance is really what's going to make or break this team, uh like he's 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 helped out by the fact that we've really improved the defense in front of him. You know, they they've made it's a lot deeper of a of a defensive group in front of him. Uh, you, you lose Matt Carl to free agency, which I mean, which sucked, but you bring in Luke Shen and, and a couple other defenders to really to to you get a, a bigger, more physical defense in front of him, which is going to help him out. That was. The, the defense last year, which was banged up a lot of the time, you know, didn't really do him any favors. So, well, especially in that that first playoff series, I think a lot of that was exposed. Well, especially then, yeah. I mean, because the, the best defender on the team, and Chris Pronger, who's probably never going to play again. Sounds like it, yeah. Um, I mean, he was in training camp. There's, like, some thought that maybe he will show up at some point, but I wouldn't expect it. Uh so it, it's it was pretty thin at that point, and it was banged up. Uh, and so they they've made some improvements there. Outside of trading uh, James Van Riemsdyk to the to the Maple Leafs for Luke Shen, the defenseman, the offense is pretty much intact from last year. It's, it's I think mm. I, I think that the changes they've made this is a better team than last year. And I mean, last year they were a really excellent team. They finished with. I think they had. I mean, they were, I think they were the four seed in the Eastern Conference, but they had the second best record because the top three records of the Eastern Conference were all in the same division. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I think the Flyers. You know, if, if Brzgalov, and it's a big if, but if Brzgalov can bring it together, I think are a, a really dangerous team. And I think uh, you know, if, if things go right, they could they could be in the race to win it all. Yeah, I mean, I would say so, and and. It's kind of funny. There's, I guess, some similarities between the Blackhawks and the Flyers and that I think a lot of the Blackhawks hopes this season does rest on their goalie, Corey Crawford. Um, unlike Brzgalov, who's been given a huge contract and, you know, has played well other places, Crawford's still relatively young. It's, it'll be his, I get, well, his second season starting. It'll be his third season with the Blackhawks. He took over for Turco, uh, pretty much halfway through two seasons ago. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, I'll, Mostly where it sits is just with the goaltending. He was very inconsistent last year. And, in fact, the Blackhawks were the only team in the NHL without a shutout last year. 
um, which is a, kind of a big deal. And then the backup is Ray Emery, who is an old guy, and well, not old, and he's only two old years older than Crawford, but he just seems so much older because he's had hip trouble and he's had surgeries and stuff like that, and he's just, I mean, he's okay as a backup, but he's not going to, like, surprise you and take over the starting job. I mean, he um, was, yeah, I mean, Emery was with the Flyers a few seasons ago. The Flyers uh, really haven't had good goaltending for, like, you know, 15 years. Since Ron Hextall retired, it's really been uh, a pretty up and down. I mean, it really hasn't been that good. Uh, Briscala has the potential to be, you know, that good, but he hasn't been consistent so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's hockey. You know, if you if you get a hot goaltender, you can go as far as you want to go. You know, it's, it, like, that's that's the most, you know, if, you, if you've got the goaltending, everything else falls into place. Yep. I mean, it worked for the Kings last season. I mean, not that... Their offense and defense wasn't good, but I mean, it started, yeah, it ran I mean, that was, quick. I mean, that was quick was huge. I mean, you know, like, you look at lots of teams. I mean, like, you know, the Rangers didn't go all the way through it, but they, they rode to the postseason on the back of Henrik Lundqvist. You know, uh, you know, the Devils got there because Marty Brodeur at, at what is he, 40 now? He's, <laughs> yeah. He had, he had a heck of a run, you know, so. It's, you know, it's all about the goaltending. You know, if, you, if you've if you got the goaltending, then you're good, and if you don't, well, then you're screwed. Absolutely. Because, I mean, other than other than the goaltender, then, I mean, the entire Blackhawks team is, is the same team it was last season. They didn't make any moves whatsoever. Um, they picked up a few, like, defensemen who will play some nights and will play other nights. So they have, like, a new, like, six defensemen, basically. But that's not important. But as far as, like, the forwards and the main defensemen go, I mean, it's the same exact team, I think. I think by design, A, they, they believe in that team and think if, if the goaltending can get better, that they'll go far. And B, I think maybe uh, Rocky Wirtz, kind of the owner of the Blackhawks, sort of thought, hey, um, maybe this lockout will happen and we'll cancel games and it's going to be best to keep the, the same team with the same chemistry rather than, you know, try to make a lot of moves that, that then probably, guys don't know each that other. That probably kind of helps. I mean, we've had a, a short, like, week-long training camp over the past week or so, but, you know, if, if you've got a team that... that doesn't have experience with each other that's going to hurt you early on. And in a shortened season, that's, that's, that's not good. You know, you need, you need every win you can get at this, you know, 48 game season. If you're playing a little more than half a season, you know, this is, it's, it's, it's compressed. You get a lot of games in a short period of time. It's, you can't be screwing around. And you can't afford to lose three or four games in a row. No. I mean, if you get a pretty bad losing streak, I mean, you could, you could fall out of it. Especially in divisions like our teams are in. They're very competitive divisions, so you you got to worry about that kind of thing. Right. I mean, apart from the the Blue Jackets, of course. I mean, in, in the Central Division, any of those teams can and probably will make the playoffs. I mean, all four of the five teams made the playoffs last season. And that's the same in, in the Atlantic Division, with the right. exception of the Islanders. You get the Rangers, the Penguins, the Devils. You know, you you got a, you got a very very deep division, and you can get yourself in a hole if you can't play really well out of the gate. So. You, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. So it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting. And just the style of play, I mean, I'm, I'm worried if it's going to be sloppy or if there are going to be a lot of injuries just because guys aren't conditioned. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, you got to worry about the guys. Now, I know, I don't know about all other teams, but I know I've been keeping up and there were some of the Flyers players were holding their own informal practices during the lockout. Yeah, same with the Blackhawks. A lot of the guys in Chicago were, were doing that too, and then a few guys even went overseas. Yeah, uh, there were there were a number of players from the Flyers, uh, and especially two of the, the best players on the team, in, in Claude Giroux and, and Danny Briere, who went over 
actually played on the same team in Europe, which was a benefit to them. There's talks that we on uh, the same line, but Breer's hurt right now, so we don't know yet. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys have experience, you know, have, have played some. They've either practiced significantly. The Flyers have a lot of young players. I mean, they had a lot of production from rookies last season, and the nice thing about that is they were young enough and they had the contracts that they could stay and play in the AHL during the lockout. So, I mean, that, that gave them an opportunity to play consistently and, and to keep going, and some of the stars went overseas, and, and a lot of the other guys would practice, you know, you know, a lot of them together, so they would get some experience together when they might not have before. So it's, it's I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you got you got players who haven't played as much, and, and then you combine that with a compressed schedule where you're playing a lot more frequently than usual. I think we're going to see a lot of injuries in this season. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be, it will be interesting, because I think you'll see a lot of injuries, but then on the flip side, I think the long time off will have done some players a lot of good. Like, I don't, I don't know specifically for the Flyers, but I know for the Blackhawks, Marion Hossa got destroyed by um, Rafi Torres in the playoffs last year and was concussed pretty pretty bad and wasn't cleared to play until November. So he had all that recovery time and then still had two months to, to take it easy once being cleared to play, and I think he's going to come back a lot better for it. Yeah, players who were who were banged up had some extra time to heal, which which definitely helps those guys who, who were in that position. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Flyers... You know, Danny Greer, second-line center, uh, got injured a couple weeks ago, and so he picked a bad time to get hurt. So now he's going to miss the first week or so of the season. Yeah. And that's the thing, in a short season with as many games in a short period of time, momentum is going to be huge. You know, you you can get on a streak kind of more than you would have before. Before you play two or three times a week, now you're playing three or four times a week. You know, it, it... it, it ups the pace, and it can if you can get on a hot streak, it can you know matter more than it might have before. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's make some predictions now for the league as a whole this season. Um, okay, my my first prediction, and it kind of ties to a little something we mentioned a little bit earlier, but I don't think Luongo is going to get traded now. Uh, I think he's going to get bought out after this season. I I think he's just it's such an expensive contract. And now that teams know they can get out of it, I think they'd rather just let Vancouver buy him out and then maybe test free agency and see if they yeah, can, can I mean, swing him over. He would definitely be, uh, I mean, that would be something to watch in the next offseason. You know, because, I mean, it, you know, he's, he's had some troubles with, you know, consistency and, and being there in the clutch, but he's definitely a, a fantastic goaltender, and, and he, there would be bidding wars for him. Yeah, mo- most teams would want to have him on their team, and I think if, if Vancouver buys him out and he gets to gets to dangle in free agency, it'll be interesting to see what what teams are, are willing to do for him, but it's just such a big contract, and knowing knowing that he could just be a free agent soon, I think teams might might just wait. They'd be less likely to, to be willing to pay them. Right. Yeah. I mean, unless, because, yeah, I mean, I just... Especially with the the lower cap next season now, I think I think that's the safer bet. So we'll see. The, you know, the Flyers, the Flyers have always you know recently been a team that was going out there and spending the money. You know, you watch, you know, before the lockout was a thing, you had the whole Shea Weber situation where the Flyers offered a ridiculous contract to him, and then and, you know the the Predators match it, which can't be good for you, but. <laughs> I oh man, as soon as as soon as the Flyers made that offer, I was so excited for him to get out of there. That would have made such a huge difference. 
anybody expected Nashville to match it. I, no, not at all. Probably a bad decision in the long term, and they're most likely going to have to use that amnesty clause on him after this season because with the new salary cap, I like. I don't know that they can afford that contract, but but I mean, yeah, like it's it's definitely something to watch next off season with the, the lower salary cap. It's gonna it's gonna result in a lot of maneuvering to get everybody under the cap, but still trying to stay competitive. And you know, it'll it'll it definitely be something to watch. You know, next summer. But hopefully, there's a lot of good hockey between now and then. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But yeah, so what about you? What kind of prediction? What, what's one of your predictions you have? <laughs> You know, I think I've made a lot of predictions here. Like, uh, how, what kind of effect the shortened, compressed season is going to have? Um, what about what about specifically for teams? Anyone going to drop off who was good last year? Who you know, any surprises due to moves? What do you think? Same. I don't know that there's a surprise, but really, I I don't see how anyone's going to stop the Rangers. I mean, they were already amazing last year. The, the one issue was that they didn't have as much scoring talent, and then they went out and got Rick Nash. <laughs> yep. I mean, they've got maybe the best goaltender in the NHL right now, Henrik Lundqvist. they got a great defensive core, and now you got Rick Nash who could score goals. I mean, that's – I mean, I don't like them. They're in my division. I, I really don't like the team, but I don't see how they're going to be stopped. Yeah, they are definitely going to uh, to be a tough one to beat, that's for sure. Um, I think, I, in fact, a lot of people, I think, are already predicting them to be the ones that come out of the East to challenge for the Cup. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think you know, maybe I'm biased here, but I think the winner of the East is going to be whoever survives the Atlantic Division. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't. I can't. I mean, I mean, when I look at it as someone who doesn't follow too much East Coast hockey, but like the the teams I would be most worried about are the Penguins, the Flyers, and the Rangers. <laughs> and, and again, this is going to sound biased for me, but I think the Penguins are going to fall off. Yeah. I think the Penguins have. I mean. They didn't really make any moves in the offseason. I think they're they're actually worse because they let uh, Stahl go to uh, Carolina. So they've actually lost one of their key players. They didn't get one of the big-name free agents that, that were going around your Suter, Parise, you know, all those kind of guys. So I think Penguins, and I still think Penguins have, have, a, have a question mark, a goaltender. I mean, you know, if you watched the Flyers-Penguins series last year in the playoffs, where you had like you know lots and lots of scoring that I I, I mean I don't think Flurry Flurry in Pittsburgh can make some amazing saves but he will also give up a lot of gimmies. Uh so you know I I think the Penguins fall off a bit you know I I think Crosby will probably miss some time because he's very injury prone I, I you know I, I you know I don't want him I hate the guy but I don't want to see him <laughs> you know significantly hurt but I think he's going to be. Especially with the the fast pace, the the, the compressed schedule, I, I I I mean I think the Penguins make the playoffs. I think they're definitely in the mix, but I don't see them as a real contender this year. Yeah, I I could see either way. I I, I definitely agree with you, and I think goaltending is a big deal. But just thinking about a whole, even if it's just forty eight games, but the whole season of Malkin and and Crosby together, I think that could be dangerous because Evgeny Malkin was amazing. If they can stay healthy, they're definitely in it, but. I don't know that they stay healthy. I mean, it's you know, I think it was already hard enough for them to stay healthy with a regular season, and that with you know more games in a shorter time span, it's like it's going to create more injuries. I think that's definitely going to hurt Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, as for a prediction of mine, as for teams doing better or falling off, I think the Kings are going to take a big step back. Yeah, I I think so. Um, I mean, they've lost some pieces and. 
you know, it's again, it's you live by the hot goaltender. It's can Quick stay that good, and it's it's hard to do that in the in the NHL to keep going. I mean, like it was amazing that he had the run that he did, but can he keep it going? And that's something that not a lot of guys have been able to do. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, they really did just get hot at the right time. And um, I mean, it's not like they were juggernauts all season. They just, yeah, just it was all about timing. I mean, what what seed were they even? They were the eight seed. They were the last team in in the West. And they, and they knocked off Vancouver number one. Yeah, and then it it, all, it kept moving from there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even make the playoffs. I mean, they barely squeaked in last year. I, I and teams like Minnesota have gotten better. Oh, Minnesota, yeah, like I would, you know, Minnesota added, you know, Suter and Parise. You made two big free agent additions to an already good young team in Minnesota. I mean, they're they're definitely a team to watch in the West. Yeah. So I yeah I don't think the Kings will be anywhere near as good. And if I'm gonna get wild with my predictions, yeah, I don't even think they make the playoffs. So and it'll start Saturday when the Blackhawks beat them. So. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will about do it. Unless, unless you have one more prediction you'd um, like to make, JP. I, I just want to make the point to tie this into gaming and Nintendo a bit. I, this, since the lockout got ended, since they made the deal, I've been playing a lot of the NHL 13, which is fantastic. And if if you have a PS3 or 360 and you're a hockey fan, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and it's just, I really hope EA puts out NHL 14 on the Wii U. Because I think it, it could be really great. I think NHL, the, the NHL games in recent years from EA have been so fantastic, and I would love to get one with with the gamepad functionality because EA uh, has done a great job with Madden and FIFA. I would love to totally. see them keep it going. I think it'll happen. I mean, like just like you said, FIFA and Madden are already there. They might not have thought the demand for NHL would be there now with the season halfway over or possibly not even happening due to the lockout. But I think with NHL 14, why wouldn't you? Bring it over. I would. I. I really hope so. EA, you can have my money. Okay. I'll get. If you promise, you mean you'll make it. I will pay you sixty dollars right now. Just oh yeah, totally. I'm in. Oh yeah, I will pre-purchase it right now. <laughs> so yeah, that would be good. And maybe we'll start a little Nintendo World Report League then. Definitely. Can play with us. Yes. Bring it on. I will face you in all challenges. And if you have a game on the 360, add me. I'll play you on there. There you go. I had it for PS3, but now my PS3 broke, so I don't get to play it oh, right anyway. So, but if you want to add me on PSN, and maybe someday I'll get my PS3 fixed, uh, it's I'm okay soda like everything else. So yes, and I'm insane a lord like I am on the forums. There's like if you go into general gaming on the forums, there are threads for Xbox Live and PSN tags. There's a lot of stuff oh, yeah. in there. So uh, I'm in there. I'm other places. Cool, awesome. Well, yeah, JP, thanks for being here. Yeah, it was fun. Good time, good time. Maybe we'll maybe we'll preview the playoffs down the road uh, in 48 games. Um, that would be good. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye.